Genesis chapter 12, and it's verses 1 to 5. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make a great nation, and I will bless you, and, the name, and your name will be great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonours you will I will curse. And in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was tw- 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that when we ask, you're there. And when we seek, you care. And when we knock, you open up the door. So Lord, as we come to you uh, desperate to meet you and to hear from you, we ask that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Is my microphone okay or is it doing some fuzzy, annoying things? Is it okay? David, have we got it there? Uh, folks, I, w- I don't know if you've heard this wee story, but there's a story of a, of a Trappist monk, okay, who, who took a vow of silence. Uh, and part of the agreement of his vow of silence was he was only allowed to speak two words every three years, okay? Oh, I'm really struggling here. Okay, uh, he was only allowed to speak two words every three years. So after three years, he, he said to the brother superior, Bad bed. Bad bed, okay? After another three years uh, of pure silence, he went to the, the father superior uh, and he said, Terrible food. And then another three years, okay, we're up to nine years now, and he comes after another three years of silence and he says, No TV. Three more years pass. And he arrives uh, with his robes and his sandals in hand and announces, I quit. The brother, uh, the father superior answers, it's no wonder you've done nothing but complain since you got here. <laughs> All right. Uh, folks, uh, if, we, if we move on to the next week's slide, and that, that's, that's your monk. Okay, on the next week's slide, uh, we have this guy. We had this guy over the last uh, number of days. Uh, he, we had uh, from Germany, a guy called Johnny Nimmo. I had him down at the leadership conference in Sligo and then in Maryland on Friday night. Uh, and he said, he said to me, he said, Simon, why have you used this picture of me and all the promotional uh, stuff with my mouth open? Okay, with my mouth open. And I don't know if you've, if you've thought about this, but we spend about a fifth of our lives with our mouths open. Okay, we spend about a fifth of our lives talking. Uh, so apparently, if, if you put your words, okay, just of an average person, not of a person who, who talks loads or a shy person, but just an average person, if you put all their words into a book, every day you would fill a 50-page novel, okay? Okay, 50-page novel. And in a year's time, the average person's words would fill 132 average-sized uh, novels. We spend about a fifth of our life with our mouths open speaking. And I suppose the reality is, as we speak uh, with a fifth of our lives, that's a lot of words that we can use to either bless 
or curse. A lot of words we can use to either bless or curse. And Dallas Willard, uh, who's a, a well-known sort of spiritual writer, writes about the spiritual disciplines. He, he says this, he says, churches uh, should do training and seminars on evangelism, and seminar, churches should do uh, seminars and training on prayer. But he said churches should definitely do seminars on how to bless and not curse people. Churches should definitely do seminars on how to bless and not curse people. Because blessing has lost really the sense of what it is and has become something trite and churchy. So, so where do we use the word bless? Uh, well, the most common time we use the word bless is when? When somebody sneezes, okay? Bless you! And we don't really mean may God rain down all his great blessings from the heavenly realms upon you. We just mean uh, wipe your nose. Okay? Uh, or or here, here's another way we use it. And hopefully, hopefully nobody here uses it this way. But uh, we can use it to make gossip sound a bit more church friendly. All right? Where we might say she, she can't take care of her own children. Bless her. Okay? You've heard this sort of language, have you? You know, or, you know that she's been wearing that coat for about four years, bless her. You know what I mean? Those sorts of things. It, it, it sounds a bit more acceptable if we stick bless her or bless him or bless his heart at the end of the sentence. Or, I mean, and I'm sure Emma and I and others here have been guilty of this. We say bless you uh, as something that sounds kind of churchy on the way out of church, okay? And kind of nice the way out of church. Oh, bless you! Okay, or whatever. It sounds like a nice religious wee phrase to say uh, when you don't have anything else to say. Okay? So these are the ways we've maybe perhaps used it. But what does this word mean? If we move to the next slide, here are just a couple of, uh, of the words that are used in the Bible. Three of the words that are used in the Bible for bless. The first is barak. And this is the Old Testament word for bless. This is the Hebrew word for bless, which means to speak the intention of God. So sometimes maybe you've read the Bible and you've read like Jacob blessing his sons. And you thought, my goodness, that doesn't sound like much of a blessing. You know, that actually sounds awful. But that's because what what Jacob is doing there is he's speaking out the intentions of God which maybe for some of his sons were better than others. In the New Testament, we have the word eulogia, okay? And what word do you think we get from that? Eulogy. Because uh, at a funeral, somebody speaks well of somebody, don't they? And that's what eulogia means. It means to speak well of someone. And then we have this word makarios, which is the word that you'll see in the Sermon of the Mount when Jesus keeps on saying, blessed is the, you know, uh, blessed are the peacekeepers, all that sort of stuff. Um, Macarius, it means happiness, okay? To sort of speak happiness over someone. But this is the, a great definition that I think gathers up all of these words. Barak, Eulogia, and Macarius. Dallas Willard says, blessing is the projection of good into the life of another. Blessing is the projection of good into the life of another. Uh, Last week, uh, we had a a baptism. 
And what is a baptism really apart from, you know, us praying blessing upon Lily and Maisie? You know, uh, projecting good into their little lives and the lives of the whole Gillespie family. A little bit uh, later in the year, actually, Easter night, we're going to have confirmation. And confirmation is, is that beautiful picture of what we read about in the New Testament. You know, fan into flame the gift you received when the elders laid their hands on you. And what we'll have is our sort of elder, uh, he won't like to be called elder because he's very young, our bishop, uh, Bishop David, will come along and, and he'll lay hands on people and he will bless their Christian lives and he'll ask for more and more and more of the Holy Spirit to be poured out on them. He's projecting the good things of God into their lives, wishing the good things in the right way uh, of God into their lives. We'll not only have baptisms and confirmations, we'll also have weddings in the parish over the next little while. And what is a wedding really but a blessing? And that's really important that we don't get mixed up between the concepts of weddings and blessings because weddings are blessings where we project God's best upon two people who are to be physically united. That is what it is. And of course, there's some people here who have had the fearful experience of going to the the mother or father of the one that they want to marry and asking for their blessing. And for some of us, maybe that blessing was actually denied. I certainly know of a number of people who the, the, the parent did not give their blessing. But it's a wonderful thing when they do, because what it's saying is that the father or perhaps even mother, is saying, uh, we, we, we project good into what you're deciding to do here. We, we wish you God's best in your life together. This is what it means. But folks, apart from those formal things, a baptism, a confirmation, a wedding, whatever, the one-fifth of your life that you spend with your mouth open is a time when you speak out both blessings and curses over the lives of others. Not in a formal way, but in an informal way. Maybe not even in a dramatic way, but in an implicit way, you are speaking out blessings and curses. We have been recipients of blessings and curses throughout our entire lives. I'm sure every single one of us can think back to our school days when someone spoke something over us that broke our hearts. I'm sure we could think of numerous things, but I probably reckon that most of us could think back to our school days. I'm just taking that as an example. We could think back to any days, but I'm sure we can think back to our school days and think about a time where we spoke a curse over someone else. You know, I'll never forget, and this has been really honest because I think that's what we really want to do in this series. I'll never forget when I was speaking at at a camp And it was a wonderful experience of speaking and seeing lots of people responding to the Lord Jesus. And it was wonderful. And it was with lots of people that I used to know because there was lots of people there from Monaghan. And it was great. I was feeling 10 foot tall. And someone came up to me and they told me what I had said to them at school. Okay. And it was something really awful um, about the person's weight, you know, uh, when I was at school. And he told me about that. And honestly... It was hard getting up doing the next talk because I realized I'd spoken something horrendous over his life uh, as a teenager. 
and it wasn't a one-off please believe me you know in that but it, you know it was something that i realized what i'd done we we have our mouths open for one fifth of our life and we do some things that we maybe aren't proud of here's what james chapter 3 says from the same mouth come blessing and cursing my brothers in the church these things ought not to be so from the same mouth come blessing and cursing my brothers these things ought not to be so the the mouths that have just sang those worship songs uh, the mouths that have sang praises to jesus we all have to be honest and say those same mouths have poured out curses at times and we must 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 in our hearts repent of those things as i had to repent uh, on that particular weekend genesis uh sorry sorry proverbs 4 23 proverbs 4 23 famous verse above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it that is not a passage about dating do you realize that guard your heart uh, because everything you do flows out of it it's a passage about holiness what's in your heart is the start of everything you do and say then jesus goes on in luke 6 verse 45 to say out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so guard your heart because out of your heart are going to come words lots and lots of words about 120 novels of them a year and what comes out of your mouth is symptomatic of what is in your heart so guard your heart your words come out of your heart and they create worlds you know hitler uh, wrote uh, mein kampf and they say that every word of that manifesto uh, resulted in 125 deaths is that an incredible thought proverbs 18:21 says death and life are in the power of the word in the power of the tongue and we think about that and we think well that is a irredeemably evil document written by an irredeemably evil man but here's the reality i have heard curses from people one minute outside a prayer meeting i have heard curses from people no it's it's not oh dear it's reality i have heard curses from people in church and in vestry meetings and in lots of different contexts and my brothers and sisters it ought not to be so because these mouths are made for blessing and for not for cursing you see i think in northern ireland we have this idea and I include monaghan in that no not politically but you know uh, <laughs> but i think we think cursing is bad language or hexes <laughs> don't we it's not you know there, there's you, you could use no bad language in your entire life you could curse half the world we can be hateful without ever using bad language and in these contexts i've never heard anyone use bad language in a prayer meeting but i think i've heard people not project the goodness of god into the lives of another in these contexts and it must not be so 
the reason why we do this, the reason why I uh, hurt that person at, in, in school and found out about it at camp, if I'm really honest, is because of personal insecurity. Because, because we are, in a sense, cursed, because we have shallow souls, because of things that have maybe been said to us or done to us in our past, we then, instead of bringing that to the Lord to be transformed, we transfer it onto other people. And instead of receiving Jesus' betterness, we pour out bitterness. Maybe some of us have insecurity or, or brokenness or bitterness for some particular reason, and we pour that out onto others. I visited somebody not all that long ago, and they, they just poured out venom over so many people and so many things. And I said to them, oh, let's call him Sam. The person wasn't called Sam. But I said to them, are you sure, Sam, that your pain isn't causing you to project onto others? And he actually took it, which was great. <laughs> but it was. Because he was hurting, he wanted to hurt everybody else. And often where we are wounded, we will wound others. I heard a story about a, about a man who was at a, a Christian conference, a bit like New Wine or New Horizon or something, okay? And he was at this Christian conference, and he, uh, he really didn't want to be there. He'd been forced, okay? Now, I hope you'll be forced to go to New Wine, all right? But he was forced to go to this Christian conference against his will. He was really struggling with church and faith and all the rest of it. Uh, and actually, his friends were really hopeful that every worship song would bring him closer to the Lord, but every worship song was just making him more and more and more angry, okay? Uh, and they really hoped that every sermon and talk and seminar w- would, would soften his heart, but actually it was just hardening his heart. He was getting more and more and more visceral, you know? And uh, eventually there was this particular uh, evening where all these girls got up and started to dance around on the stage. And he was furious. He was hating it. He was just like, this is awful, disgusting. I am leaving and I'm never coming back to this. I hate this stupid dancing. He said, look at them. They're not even dancing in sync. It's awful. They're not even dancing with the, with the music. And he was really pouring out vile. And someone said to me, Jack, I mean, come on, mate. They're blind and deaf. And basically what had happened was the person who was running the conference had heard about this prayer meeting of these wonderful blind deaf Christians who, who just danced, you know, in worship to God. And he'd asked them up on the stage and this man had not heard that in his bitterness. And he was criticizing these women up on the stage. And then he suddenly felt, oh, <laughs> they're blind and deaf. And apparently... Months later, he'd come back to the Lord. He was back uh, worshipping and serving the Lord. And he, he gave testimony in church. And he said, I've got to be honest, folks. My bitterness had blinded me to beauty. My bitterness had blinded me to beauty. I wonder, do any of us realize that our own stuff might be causing us, uh, instead of bringing it to Jesus to be transformed, might be causing us to transmit curses on to each other. Folks, your language is not neutral. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. 
It says in Proverbs 12, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Here's a simple question. Which does your tongue do? Does it kill or does it heal? Does it curse or does it bless? I know it'll be both, but just consider that for a second. Your words have a direction to them. Are they bringing people to life or are they dangerous? You know, it struck me, if we just move to the next slide, please. Um, Just that first little picture there. Our words either draw the dove or the snake. Uh, so, so Matthew uh, 16, verse 23. Uh, no time after uh, Peter has been able to speak out the identity of Jesus. Do you remember? You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, whoa, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. It's only my Father. You know, This is a wonderful moment of revelation. But just a few verses later, Jesus talks about how he's going to die. And Peter takes him aside and rebukes him. And what does Jesus say? He says, get behind me, Satan. In other words, earlier on, your words drew the dove. But now your words are drawing the snake. Your words are actually evil in what you're saying at the moment. I love what, uh, I'm sure maybe some of you have used the McShane Bible reading notes. But Robert Murray McShane, uh, he said that he resolved that when a fellow Christian's name was mentioned in company, if he couldn't say anything good about him, he would refrain from all speech about him at all. Better that, surely, than to be careless with fire and destroy a brother for whom Christ died. Do your words, my words, draw the dove of the Holy Spirit, or do they make a space for the enemy to curse. The middle we picture shows coal from the altar. Okay? And we remember, don't we, that Isaiah, when confronted with uh, God on the throne, he says, Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips, and I come from a people of unclean lips. And what happens? An angel comes and brings a coal from the altar and touches his mouth. The wonderful thing is that if you know and I know that we're impure, we can be touched by a coal from the altar. And the altar is not in a temple, it's the cross. Jesus has given us the power to have pure mouths. You know, it says in, in Peter, I think it is, Second Peter possibly, yes, definitely Peter, uh, that even though Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return. Even though he was cursed, he did not curse in return. Instead, he hung on the cursed tree. And from that cursed tree, we can be made pure. I wonder... Do you need to be touched by a coal? Do you need to be touched by a coal for, your, for, for things that have been said to you? Do you need to be touched by a coal for things that you say? 
The wonderful thing is the doctrine, one of the wonderful doctrines of the cross is expiation, which is like washing machine language, okay? Uh, and expiation means that we can be washed clean of not only our sins, but the sins done to us. Not only our own curses that we have spoken, but curses that have been spoken upon us. And thirdly and finally, we need to be better priests. All right? Uh, this, these pictures, okay? You see these pictures? I got this calendar. I got this calendar years ago in Rome. And they're the most handsome priests ever. Okay? And I bought these. I, I bought this. I brought it home. And I gave it to one of my single friends. And it was almost, it was like one of those game shows. This is what you could have won. But they're all celibate. Okay? <laughs> But actually, it turns out it was in the media a couple of a couple of days ago, or maybe a week ago. These none of these boys are priests at all. Okay, so don't worry; they're just actors. It turns out uh, because I, I don't know why that was in the media just a few days ago. But we do need to be better priests. What what we heard Alan read to us, Genesis twelve. Uh, what was said to Abraham: I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, so that so you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So think about it. Abraham is called to be the father of a great nation. And the nation of Israel is meant to receive in an unusual way the favor and blessing of God. And then out of Israel, the favor and blessing of God is meant to go everywhere, to every family. That didn't really work, okay? And uh, what ends up happening is that the there becomes a particular tribe, just one of the 12 tribes of Israel, called Levi, and they become the priests within the, the nation. And they become the people who bless. But the church is meant to be a kingdom of priests. We're meant to be people who bless everybody, like Israel was meant to. And we need to be better at that. We need to become the place where people go to find blessing. And one of the things that God says to the tribe of Levi is that he wants them and Aaron to speak out blessing over all the people. And we know the song, don't we? The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace. Did anybody ever sing that to a wee child? At any stage, you know, I, I know lots of people go, the Lord bless you and keep you. Do you know what? The Lord make his face shine. It'll be different now, wouldn't it? The Lord bless you and keep you. That's the new modern version, isn't it? And your children, and your children. Okay? Wouldn't put them to sleep, would it? Uh, <laughs> um, but, but, you know, isn't it interesting? We are so willing to bless a child, aren't we? A wee beautiful child, aren't we? Oh, let the favor of the Lord be upon you all your days. The Lord bless you and keep you, you wee beautiful, cute child. You know, it's when they get big, we start to curse them. It's terrible. She's, she's a dose. <laughs> you know, isn't it? We just, we just bless so well until, you know, get up and then we start to curse them. Do you realize that that person you're saying she's a dose? Do you realize the Lord Almighty sings over her and quietens her with his love, rejoices over her with loud singing. 
would you ever, ever, ever speak badly of one for whom Jesus died? I just think it would be beautiful if we were able to change the soundtrack of our church to make it a place of blessing and not cursing. I, I actually want to give all of you responsibility, and you will have to do it, actually. You really will have to do it. The next time that I speak negatively of somebody, you can call me out, all right? Um, because we, we just want it to be different. I loved, um, during the week I was reminded of, uh, of during the Welsh Revival. Do you remember in the Welsh Revival, a lot of interest and activity. If you haven't read about Revival, you really should. Good stuff for Christians to read. Um, 1900s, uh, Welsh Revival. Uh, in the mines, wonderful things happen in the mines. Um, and the Lord really broke out in, with these Welsh miners. And apparently, when they returned, it said stoppages occurred in the coal mines, not due to unpleasantness between management and workers, but because so many foul-mouthed miners became converted. And they stopped using bad language so that the horses which hauled the coal trucks in the mines could no longer understand what was being said to them. And transportation ground to a halt. What a thing that uh, the soundtrack in the mines changed so much from cursing to blessing that the horses were confused. Hmm. Let me just uh, give a wee suggestion here. Max, maybe, would, you, would you be all right? Would you stand up, would you? You're lovely crocs. Good lad. Um, come on up here, you said. Very simply, uh, you know, here we have one of God's children. Amen. Amen. Seriously, one of God's children. And sometimes he wears Crocs. Look at those lovely Crocs. Sometimes he wears elf shoes. All right. Um, and we just want to bless him so much, don't we, for the guy that he is. I'm so encouraged to see him up here playing. And we're just so thankful for him. And Max, I just want to say the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And what I mean, and folks, just join with me. I mean, Max, you just close your, close your eyes a second. Just hold out your hand, folks, if you're up for it. Let's just bless him. The Lord bless you, Max. Lord, I pray that wherever Max goes, whatever he does, that you would bring good into his life. And the Lord keep you, Max. I pray that if anything has ever hurt you, Max, that by the blood of Jesus, it would be completely, completely removed. And Lord, I pray that you would protect Max wherever he would go or whatever he would do in life. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you, Max, and lift up his countenance upon you. I pray that at all times and in all places, the Lord would powerfully reveal himself to you and give you peace. Lord God, I just pray for the peace of Jesus Christ upon Max. I pray, Lord, that the peace of Christ would rule over his heart. I pray that he would not be an anxious person, that he would not be a fearful person, but he would know the peace of having a God who reigns supreme. And we pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give Max a big round of applause.
Let's all stand together, folks, will we? And I'd love, I would actually love to get you all just to go around and bless one another, but I'm not going to put you in that position or make it synthetic, but could you just do it for the rest of your lives? That would be good. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to have communion now. I think Emma's going to come and, and give us communion. Um, and just remember, the first thing that God did when he made humanity was bless them. The first thing the enemy did uh, was to curse them. Then Jesus came and took the curse upon the tree so that he could pour out blessing. And the last thing that he does uh, before he's uh, crucified, really, is he blesses bread and wine and he gives it to them. And the last thing he does before he ascends into heaven is he blesses them. And the whole entire point of heaven is at his right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. He's going to bless us for all eternity. Wow. So I just speak blessing over every single one of you guys. Speak the love of God over every single one of you. I pray for the removal of thorns and the removal of curses over every single one of you. In Jesus' name.